0: one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Lunch with Tech Leaders. My name is Adam Oberhausen. I'm the Director of Cloud Architecture with Right Brain Networks, and I'm your host for today. Joining me today is Software and Data Consultant Tom Kowalski. Say hi, Tom. Howdy. And last but not least, uh, Business Technology Consultant Joe Coleman. What's up, Joe? what's going
1: on adam thanks for the uh kind introduction there
0: yeah sure thing so today we're going to be talking about tagging strategies in aws Uh, we've got a lot to cover today so grab your lunch and buckle up
1: all right that sounds good to me and just letting you guys know uh for anyone listening live or here in the chat um if you have any questions or anything go ahead and send it there in the chat and i'll be sure to um Make sure that that topic gets covered. So, yeah, don't be afraid to raise your hand and ask questions. We love them.
0: Thanks, Joe. So, Todd, how's, or, uh, so Tom, how's your week going? It's
1: going great. It's cold.
0: It's cold yeah. here in Michigan. This week. certainly is. Had to get out the snowblower.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I bought a new jacket. It was it was time. And, you nice. know, it was way too cold for my other one. So, yeah, it's a real nice one.
0: You excited to talk yeah, about tagging?
1: Yeah, I am excited to talk about tagging. Who isn't? Um, yeah, I feel like you know it's that thing that everybody, everybody needs to do, right? You got to do it, right? It's very helpful, beneficial, uh, but it can be challenging, right? Yeah, especially to be consistent and get the right tags. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to dive in here.
0: We got anyone uh, uh, yeah. special to talk to us today
1: about we it? We do, we do. We have a recurring guest subject matter expert here on the topic, Ray Welker. If you want to introduce yourself.
2: Hey, Tom. Hey, Adam. Thanks for uh, having me here today. It's uh, good to be back. Um, yeah, I'm a cloud solutions engineer here at right Brain Networks. I um, have a lot of experience with tagging, did a cost allocation um, and uh, tagging talk actually uh, a couple months back with the AWS Meetup. Um, so yeah.
0: Right on. will be here, excited nice. to talk about tags. Cool. Yeah. All right, Tom, you know I like my history, right? There's an yeah. extensive history with tagging. Actually, not so much, but um, I did. You know, it's always interesting, right? So, AWS launches in 2006. There's no tagging until 2009 Mm -hmm. when they introduced tagging. Um, And that was, and it was really basic. You know, you could basically like give things a name, right? That was like all that you could do initially. Um, And then, since then, you know, um, they kept adding to it and over time, you know, expanding the functionality. Customers are using tags for cost allocation, security, compliance, all the all the all the things we're going to talk about today. So that's that's your history lesson for today. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, so on that note, um, let's talk about what tags are. You know, what is it, what is a tag? And I want to start at the beginning. What is what is a tag, Ray? Explain well, to me a tag in layman's terms.
2: Well, you know, it's like something to assign meaning to the, you know, whatever you attach it to, right? You know, clothing has tags, you know, you know, you got to know the brand, you got to know, you know, who wants to put their name on it, what the purpose of it is. If we're talking about like AWS, you know, it's assigning like some sort of meaning to, um, well, a key value pair essentially, right? So uh, it's type of metadata, it's data about assigning information to other data. Yeah,
0: that's real interesting. Metadata. metadata comes up a lot, I think, you know, in like in in technology talks, and I'm always like I always f- kind of forget what metadata is, but so I looked it up before the show. So metadata is data that provides information about other data, right? So it's just like and the most common um, example is like a file. Like you've got a file, right? It's got a it's got a file type, it's got a description, it's got the date it was created, it was got the date it was last modified. So that's kind of the way to think about Tags in AWS, right? Is like they're just a way to um, put in metadata about all the all the stuff you've got going on in AWS, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly
2: that. Um, they're, you know, it's it, it's good to have a a purpose behind your tags, but but yeah, that's the general idea. So, what are we some of there? the
3: the
1: purposes, right? What are some of the the use cases that you've seen?
2: well i mean it's assigning like you know projects uh projects to certain resources um you know th- there's a whole kind of uh, idea at least with within rightbrain that we've described as some of the uh key um tags that you should assign to your resources you know things like owner you know who, who who's responsible for this uh this resource Maybe that's like a specific team um, or, you know, a specific individual who, who maybe is like a subject matter expert about this, uh, somebody somebody who you can reach out to if you need to know more about a resource. Um, things such as, um, you know, maybe, maybe what automation tool was used to deploy this, you know, do I want to know if it was deployed via Terraform, CDK, CloudFormation, so on and so forth. Um, Things such as cost center, you know, it's very useful for assigning, um, cost related or, well, I, I should say it's very useful for figuring out costs related to resources and more as a broader term, how to allocate those costs to departments within your organization. Um, but, but yeah, there, you know, there, there's a good strategy. You, you should, every organization should have its own strategy and, um, you know, Assign what makes sense. You know you don't want just meaningless tags assigned to resources. You want something that actually contributes value. And you know you keep it consistent across your resource
1: yeah. what what are some of the most important ones? like I, I know you said like cost center, um, like what are what are the big ones? Can you go too far with it? And also, yeah. But, do you maintain them like how are they maintained like if the owner changes or different things like that yeah. you know
2: you you sh- you should you should uh certainly audit your tags you know you should review them consistently i think that's a best practice um you know do they still make sense you know maybe they made sense in the past these were uh, these were assigned to a certain cost center i guess you know um you know 3 months ago maybe maybe something has changed internally do we need to restructure you know, what cost centers these are uh, allocated towards, Um, maybe we should review what values are assigned and, you know, uh, remediate them as necessary. As for important ones, I would say like, you know, project, owner, um, the purpose of the creation, um, those are all very important ones as well.
1: So going back to cost center, I've yeah. struggled with this. Where do you get that from, and who do you work with on what's you know what is the, what are the cost centers, and you know what do we care about? Like, what different departments do you work with, and how do you coordinate that?
2: Well, you know, you might have like a, a development team. You know, may, maybe it, it all depends on the organization, right? It depends on how the organization um, allocates you know certain costs, or may, maybe you are like a SaaS provider for. Uh, you're like an MSP or something like that. You know, maybe I need to bill the client for the resources that they use. Um, so perhaps the cost center is, you know, client A or client B or, you know, so on and so forth. But we all house it within, you know, um, you know maybe, maybe, maybe they're intermixed within an AWS account or something. There, there, it depends on if it's an organization level for, for your business or if it's, it really depends on how you do business, I guess um that's what i'm getting at you know it could be certain teams i guess you know do i want to know how much um the dev resources are costing um so maybe the dev is a resource bucket um that i would you know assign as a cost center maybe we have our stage we have our prod those are kind of getting more towards environments but uh you could have a dev team an operations team um you know the data team for example those could be their own cost centers
1: yeah, and and so and how far do you go with it, right? Because I've kind of struggled with that. Is yeah, you kind of set an owner, but I've also seen you know best practices of setting the f- uh, phone numbers and Slack channels, right, to, <laughs> that the teams belong to. Just you know, I, I don't know how far do you usually go. But...
2: Um, so so I don't go that deep. Um, some of those can be maybe more. Uh... It's tangential. Maybe maybe it's maybe it could be useful to somebody, but it's maybe not useful to the organization as a whole. I would say there's there's at least probably five main tags that you should assign to any resource. Any more than that, you know, it, it's up for debate. Maybe maybe there's a purpose behind it for like some sort of automation. But you know, typically, if you have a well structured AWS account, you have an OU. Um, so you you would assign like an organization to what these resources belong to. Uh, perhaps the account. So, if you have a multi-account strategy, uh, perhaps this is the you know client A dev account or something like that. Um, the environment it's for dev stage prod. You know uh, the project. Uh, that's certainly useful for understanding what resources belong. If you create resource groups, or if you are to uh, you know you want to set up cost allocation and know how much my prod environments cost me. And uh, like service, service is something that, you know, it, it, it could be, it, it could be as basic of like, you know, maybe it's an internal service that this, uh, or like an internal application that this service is uh, a part of. Um, you know, I know my, this is my RDS database for my, you know, my web app or something like that. Um, so I, I like, those are, those are, I would say the five main ones. There's additional ones like we talked about cost center. It's it's maybe not crucial to every organization to have that, um, but that could be an optional one. Um, owner, like you said, maybe owners change, so maybe that needs to be reviewed um, and and modified. But it, it might provide somebody some information that if they're looking at it, hey, who should I reach out to if I want to learn more about the configuration of this or something like that. Um, to your other point, you could you could certainly go too far. Like I, th- I think it's important to have meaningful tags uh but you you can you can put whatever you want on a resource you know if i want to put you know you know this this is a test or something like that assigned to a resource you know like what does that even what does that even provide you know um what kind of value does that provide Um, you can make the argument that maybe certain resources need additional tags like in the event of some sort of automation um that i want to you know Query what resources have this tag with this value to it because I want to gather a list of them and you know maybe maybe do X Y Z to them. Um, certainly one way to go about it. But yeah, but yeah. Like you could you could tag something yeah. that needs
0: to be backed up periodically, right? And so you would know like the date when you need it to be next backed up or something. yep, uh, But yeah, Ray, they've got a really good approach here, Tom. And like, there's like what they would call it, like creating a tagging schema, right? So when they're going to work with a customer. You're gonna create that tagging schema that's basically a spreadsheet that kind of talks through all those you know uh, tag key tags and like you know what what why you need it, what the typical values could be, and you're almost like defining like a database schema, but for your tags, mm-hmm. and I did a little bit of research for the show, and it's like there are some limits. Um I think it's like fifty tags. Per like an EC2 instance, so if you have if you have 50 tags on something, that's like wow. (laughs) Um, The the other services have different um, tagging limits. Like I think S3 has a 10 tag limit, so there are some constraints there. You need to be aware of. Um, I'm not sure if you can just. lift, you know, requests that you get more tags on things like S3 buckets, but um, most, in most cases, I've, from what I've seen, is, like, you can reach out to the AWS support team and increase your, your quota for things yeah, like that.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I've ever looked into that, if you can increase a request on my quota for tags on a resource, but I don't think I've ever needed to put 50 tags on something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: that's good. Why don't we, I think Ray talked about a lot of good stuff. Why don't we, like, just um, maybe work through the the list of best practices and kind of comment and see if we're aligned or what are some of the challenges with some of the best practices with tagging. So yeah. tagging strategies, AWS, start with a clear strategy, right? I think that's yeah. a no-brainer. I think what I've seen is like, you're, all, in my experience, you kind of get in too deep with AWS and tagging is like, oh no, we're not tagging and you're like you have to kind of go back and like uh, you know fix all your your mess um, because like maybe you weren't thinking like i don't think a lot of companies are thinking about tagging when they're going into AWS out of the gate right so i think it's easy to get into like a mess and be like oh you know we we we've been in AWS for 3 years we don't really have a tagging strategy in place and our costs are kind of getting out of control and we're not really under- we don't really understand what all
2: these things are Right, so, so keeping something consistent out there is, is definitely um, a good idea to like you know keep in mind how, when, when forefront.
1: So how do you like enforce that consistency? Right, like who owns it? How how do you keep it consistent throughout your organization? What some of the best practices around that?
2: There's there's a couple different ways. Um, you know, you could certainly have a policy that you follow. Um, you know, if if you're not well, let me take a step back. The best way to do it is through AWS organizations and using an organization-wide policy by defining the schema up front. Um, that, that is the most surefire way of ensuring that your resources follow uh, whatever schema you you have in place. Um, so if all resources must be tagged with project, um, you know that's something that you can enforce at the organization level. Um, Got it. That, and and so how like, does that... That's the service control policies, I believe,
0: right? Yep. It's, and so, can, and, Ray, can, you cl- can you clarify? Like, if I so if I try to create a resource like an instance and it didn't have the tag, what happens? That's what I was going to ask.
2: No. Oh, oh one, one of two things, right? So you can uh, you can choose to either um, have resources create that don't follow the policy and uh, have them be non-compliant resources, or upfront you can you can enforce that they are create or that they ensure they have these tags in place by. Um, uh, having remediation options, um, I believe I, I believe I got that understanding correctly. Um, it, the other thing it could be is that there uh, you you'll get a warning essentially that this policy is required. Um, if 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 I'm remembering correctly about the organization-wide schema policy, um, Adam, uh, do you do you know the exact answer to that? I don't. Um. Um, I think we have we have our resident sleeper expert. Oh, Hi, this is Todd. Um,
3: yeah. so um, my understanding is that you'd still be able to create a resource that didn't have a tag, but it would be marked non-compliant on your tag policy reports. So okay. if you wanted to enforce that those tags were used, that would take like a separate like service control policy or or something of that like. Um tag policy is kind of like enforcing a standard standardization and it's like a tool if, for people who are already trying to do the right thing like using the correct tags it makes sure that they're they're formatted correctly using the correct capitalization and only allowed values
2: that Gotcha sort of mm-hmm.
1: Can you automate that right so if you define like the schema and say like this account is dev this AWS account can you automate that every resource in there just gets that, you know, environment equals dev tag on it or is that.
2: So, I mean, you, you could do it if you're using an automation tool. Uh, okay. Certainly. Yeah. You know, um, is there, is there a way through organizations to do that, Todd?
3: Not through organizations. Cause you can't really do automate automation through organizations, but you can like, I, there's a couple of ways I think you can approach that. You can set up like maybe a config rule that triggers off of resource creation that um, then runs some sort of remediation that applies that tag for you. Mm-hmm. That would be like a lambda function, maybe as simple so as the Custom logic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, best practice number two is use meaningful and descriptive keys. Uh, want to avoid things like tag one, tag two. Right, I think it goes without saying, uh, but yeah, you descriptive tags. I think. Do you have any like? Have you seen stuff out in the wild, Ray? Um, do you do you do like a, a nice short
2: concise tag, or do people like get over the top with stuff? Yeah, um, I think I think one use case use case here was an interesting one. It was it was uh, kind of necessary at the time. Um, more so, it was a it was a workaround for. Uh, the inability to use cost explorer, unfortunately. And we were using a third party service called Cloud Health. So oh, we had familiar. to create some custom tags um, that were different per resource, but they were necessary at the time so we could uh, utilize the uh, the billing section within Cloud Health to build us automated reports. But um but yeah the, the, the keys and uh, the keys themselves were um, a little nondescriptive mostly because they were essentially the cost center themselves. Um, and it it was kind of a a hack in place to generate a report that listed the keys as the cost center and attributed all the costs to uh, that specific cost center. Um, so it, it was kind of a workaround, I would say, uh, just due to some limitations with with the tool. Um, but but, yeah, you should keep them short and concise. They should make sense. Um, if I read the key, I should know, you know what the purpose is what what is the relevance to the ou tag on it you know um okay this belongs to the organization um, this belongs to the dev account uh, this this belongs to um, a specific you know a specific project you know i guess i guess that's the point behind it is that you know you're consistent with your tags across your resource and that they are concise and you know they make sense
0: yeah well said Best practice number three: use consistent values. So that's talking about the format of the tags. You want to use like the same uppercase or all lowercase, or you know, dash in between, um, so that you know one team's not creating wildly different looking tags than some other team. But that all comes back down to I think just enforcing the standardization at the organizational level through service control policies seems like like the blanket way to
2: to solve a lot of like that um, inconsistency stuff that you're mentioning, Ray. Definitely, because I mean, like the thing is, you know, a lower lowercase OU is not the same as uppercase OU when it comes to generating a report. You know, th- there will be uh, there will be a diff- uh, a difference between you know uh, resources that are reported as uppercase OU versus lowercase OU. I guess you know to, to keep it consistent, y- you you need to keep things consistent so your reports are accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's a cost and billing report or if it's some sort of compliance report. Um, Capitalization matters. Cons- you know, consistency matters.
0: Yeah. Best practice number four: use tags for cost allocation. We've talked about this. Um, what's interesting that the listener should know is that in order for your t- your tags to show up in the billing console, you actually have to activate them. Um, is that correct, Ray?
2: That is, yep, yeah. yeah.
0: So, and there's like a delay there, which I, you know, it's always interesting to me when you come across something in AWS where you have to like wait 24 hours for it to like propagate. So, um, they're definitely doing some batch processing there in that you have to go into the console and pick and choose which tags you want to activate as cost allocation tags, and once you do that, then you're able to like slice and dice your cost explorer um, in a way that probably really gets your finance people excited. I'm, I'm guessing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that's true. I mean, uh, there, there's definitely an importance of un- understanding how your resources are contributing to the cost, and you know, you want you want to get that, um, you know, like a microscope over those resources. How do you do that? You know, it all comes from tagging your resources appropriately and then assigning cost allocation tags, um, so you understand where you know where your money's going. Yeah,
0: and I should say it's you know it should be on the people, the engineers that are deploying stuff in AWS. Like they should be aware and have an understanding of how much it costs to run their services, right? I agree. I've seen some orgs that kind of, you know, keep that information under wraps. I'm not sure why. Like, you know, you don't have access to the billing console, um, so you can't see. And then it's like, how are you supposed to make sure you're building cost-effective solutions if you don't even
2: have the visibility into how much it costs to run your workload, right? I will attest that understanding, yeah, understanding costs in AWS is... Uh... That, that's a whole topic in itself and it's it's a very large thing to digest you know um, am I necessarily looking at the cost when I'm going to spin up a you r 5 x large instance or something like that uh, probably not maybe we need it for the job because I know it needs the you know my, my my service needs that level of memory and CPU but um understanding yeah the underlying cost behind it is, is is very important. And that gets into the whole topic of, you know, you should be reserving instances and it, i think it's kind of a top down approach, right? You should management should be instilling or, you know, leaders should be instilling into uh engineers and whatnot to um you know kind of understand how these resources are impacting the environment and, and definitely the cost, you know, cost for such things. Yeah.
0: Best practice number five, one that I'm not don't have a lot of hands on experience with, but um, using tags for security and access controls. No, I knew Definitely. I knew it could be done. I guess I've never really seen it in practice. Um, I've worked with the HIPAA compliant environments. I've worked in SOC 2 environments, but um, I guess I've never really seen how tags, you know, actually
2: help enable or automate some of the compliance requirements. Well, the biggest thing I guess with that is that. Uh, with IAM, you can set up IAM policies so that they have conditional access between the principal and the resource. So the principal is generally the uh, resource that's you know making a request to a resource. Say I have a conditional that on my IAM role, this uh, you know there's an automation in the background that's saying list all S3 buckets. Um, that role itself has a policy assigned to it with a conditional statement saying string like if key is equal to a project uh, and the value is equal to red for example um, that role will only be able to request s3 buckets that have the project equal red key assigned to it Uh, those will be the only S3 buckets that are returned whenever I do a list all buckets in AWS, you know, via the CLI or via an automation or something like that. So it's a way of ensuring that um, certain roles are only able to access resources that they're conditionally allowed to. Yeah.
0: So like you could basically say if something's confidential or has you know PII within it, you can really limit the, um, you can, you know, if you, assuming you have kind of like a tagging enforcement policy you know, you're really tight, you can really leverage it to like control access levels throughout all your AWS resources.
2: You know, that's you made a really good point there. Um, such as the compliance level. I, I mean, I think that would be a very important tag to assign to a resource to know whether or not this is, you know, PHI or PII or, um, you know, this is a NIST compliant resource or something like that. You know, that's uh, that's a great way of enforcing security, especially coupled with IAM policies, um, you know, there might not be a great way to do that without that tag. Did you have something you want to say, Tom? All
0: right, right, move on to that. Okay. I feel like I'm always talking over you or interrupting you when you're trying to talk. Um, Wrapping up the best practices here, we got use tags for resource management. Um, Let's start with what is a resource group? Because uh, I'm not even clear exactly what that it, you know what that is.
2: Uh, so I mean, it's it's resource groups are like a behind the scenes like a, it's an AWS service essentially. It's it's a collection of your resources that you can create grouped by your AWS resource tags. Um, that's pretty much just the basics of it. Um, so you could take a pile yeah. of stuff, any like it's just a group
0: of AWS resources, and you say, I want to I want to put these in a group. Like I yeah. want to say, this all these things are part of the, uh, you know, research and development
2: group or something. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, okay. you then group them by. Yeah, you sort your stuff based. You sort your stuff into groups based on tags. Essentially, is the nuts and bolts of it. So how does how does
0: using resources, um, like how using resource groups, does it help the tagging or you know
2: how does it how can it make how what's the synergy there? It's resource groups help um, in terms of just kind of organizing and managing your resources. So kind of getting a centralized view of all of your resources to essentially find find what pertains to whatever groups you set up. You know, I, I think, like you said, here's the resource and development group. Um, if I want to know, you know, what EC2 instances are a part of this, I can, you know, essentially through this centralized view, hit a drop down see the EC2s that are there in the console and, uh, you know, List them out. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think, I think it's I think making you sense. Could that, with, you could do
0: something similar in the billing console. Yeah. In terms of like slicing and dicing, but this actually is kind of more. It's more on just like the non-billing console side. So you could actually just go in and like look at your resources assigned to a group, kind of front, like at a
2: at a at a larger high-level view, or you know, something yeah. that's accessible Better right discipline. through the console, right? yeah. Increase your level of visibility, which I think caters to all the other best pack practices we talked about. You know, if I have greater visibility into my assets, I'm better able to uh, increase the level of security that we have. Um, maybe make sense of my cost and billing um, a little bit, a little bit better, and just kind of ensuring that you know we're you know we're meeting our inter- you know uh, compliance and whatnot. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, rounding out the best practices, I think this is one we're gonna spend a few minutes on, uh, but that is, you know, automating tag management, Um, you know, which is, you know, you've got thousands of resources in your AWS account. Even if you're a small shop, you could have hundreds, you know, of of network interfaces, S3 buckets, uh, volumes. So what are our options to automate actually putting a tag on a resource at the point it is created? What, what's the best way, what are some of the best ways to solve that? Make that
2: work. I would say just yeah, having having good um, infrastructure as code. You know, your code can be audited. Um, you can ensure that your resources are being tagged properly. Um, if you're doing it manually, uh, if you're creating resources manually, uh, oof, I would say at that point, ensuring that you know you're able to get a report that tells you what's non-compliant, so that way you can meet your own you know your own policies or Coming up with some sort of automation uh, via a lambda or an AWS config rule um, that that does the uh, remediation essentially for you. Um, best part, yeah, the uh, best way is you know keep keep things in infrastructure as code. Uh, ensure your resources are being tagged appropriately. Uh, if you're doing dealing with multiple environments, you need to come up with a uh, uh, I would say a strategy for how you deploy your 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 various environments. So um, you know parameterizing variables not hard coding things and ensuring that um the proper values are being passed in from your uh, your environment stacks so
1: yeah and some of the things that you know were, were helpful that i came across is you know infrastructure as code if it's all cloud formation it can be a bit verbose right and hard to yeah. To hit all of those with some of the abstractions, right? Like CDK or serverless framework really help with that, where you kind of just set, hey, here's the tag and you know, those underlying constructs and um, automatically apply those right to all the resources. Yeah, it's been really helpful.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about as Ray was talking, kind of tying back to what you said earlier, Tom, like um, it just, yeah, it could be very verbose to do it in like a cloud formation, but uh, having. You know, like you said, if something's going into a dev, dev environment, just automatically doesn't matter. Just automatically tag everything that's launched in there with a dev tag, or you know, something like that, to make it less uh, less prone to being
2: not tagged properly. The other thing is, I guess, with Terraform, you know, you could do test driven infrastructure. Um, you could write a test that ensures your resources are tagged appropriately. Um, there are there is natively. Uh, well, excuse me, it's it's a third party. Uh, library, but it's uh, there are Terraform libraries out there that allow for you to write um, provision tests essentially for your infrastructure. Um, another way to go about it, Terraform being a little bit more uh, not as verbose as CloudFormation, but you know it's it's not something that has the power of like CDK or serverless behind it um, to enforce it kind of at a, uh, a construct level.
1: Yeah, I kind of like that adding them right into the uh, the tests for the application, right, right into your your
3: CD. It's the ICD uh, cd pipeline, making sure tags
0: on them. Yeah. You ever been in a scenario, Ray um, or Tom, where it's like the company already has a, a plethora of AWS resources and they're, you know, want to get more serious about tagging? Like, is there a strategy to like go back and tag things that were not previously tagged? That's like, is there like a playbook for that, or is it like really challenging because every Every organization is
2: different, yeah, it's it's always a challenge, I would say. Um, I mean that that takes you to the point of analyzing how they deploy infrastructure. um hopefully, hopefully it's some sort of infrastructure as code at that point. Um, makes it a little bit easier uh, and 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 it's I think adopting policy it's, it's better to do it right up front, and it's a challenge um doing it retroactively is what I will say. Yeah, it's all these things
0: like if you knew what you knew now, like, you know, create multiple AWS accounts when you get started, put those accounts under an organization, write as tagging policy right out of the gate, um, you know, that covers the entire organization. Like, the, these are the the tough lessons that I wish I had known, um, you know, when I was getting started in AWS several years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and some of the things, right, are, have come out new and recent, right? But um, what's been really helpful, you know, throughout the organizations that I've worked with, is just working with experts in the field, right? And that, you know, when you're doing something new, you're migrating to a new technology, um, yeah. Reaching out to, uh, there's a plethora of resources out there to uh, yeah. to help with that.
2: I will. I will state as well. You know, even if it is a challenge, um, I, I would. I would say it's definitely something that should not be avoided, no matter what level of effort, because you are going to gain the benefits of having resource tags, like we talked about. You know, the visibility into your resources via um, cost optimization and cost explorer, um, the ability to organize your resources, the increased level of security and compliance that you could gain if you make use of this. And just overall, yeah, that visibility into your AWS account—like those things—are um, you know a wealth of knowledge and uh, to have at your fingertips if, if you do this appropriately. You know, if you do this um, thoroughly.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, great place to end it. There, Ray. Um, thanks everyone for joining today. Been a great conversation. Uh, Feel free to hang out for a few minutes after the show. Uh, Tom and I always like to to chat it up, so hang out if you'd like. Um, But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We hope you found the conversation informative and valuable. Uh, We'd love to have everyone back next week when we're going to be talking about ChatGPT, my new sidekick for every piece of work I do, and uh, the future of AI. So, uh, as always, we're going to try to bring in some expert guests, have some interactive conversation. uh, So, please come check it out. So uh, lunch is over now, Tom. Get back to work. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Thanks.
3: Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me.